Hey kiddo, welcome to the Inspire to Engage podcast, where we talk marketing for small business owners, how we can serve our existing clients well, and ways for us to engage more with potential clients. And of course, we'll talk some about the juggles and struggles to do all of this while still having a life. I'm your host, Rachel Eubanks, and I'm so happy that you're here. Hello, sweet listener. Welcome to episode 40. Wow, episode 40. I can't believe it. Today's episode is about subject lines. Now, you may think I'm a nerd, but I'm really excited about this episode. See, I've got clients and colleagues who have stepped up their email game and they're seeing a significant step up in their pocketbooks as well. So, subject lines are extremely important because they are the door to your email. I kind of think about it like those old game shows where the contestant was asked, well, do you want what's behind door number one, door number two, or door number three? Well, your subject line is the doors on that game show. We want them to choose to open your door. So this is what subject lines do. As with anything, you could create a whole course on how to write great subject lines. That's not what this episode is about. This is a short episode to give you the basics of writing solid subject lines. And the more emails that you write to your customers, the more subject lines that you write to go with them, the better you get. This episode is about giving you a solid foundation and then you will soar. Now, Many of us write our subject lines almost as an afterthought. So I do want to challenge you to say your subject lines should not be your afterthought. They are the door to your email. Will someone choose to open the door? Will you be the winner on that game show? Okay, so we're about to start with subject lines. I want to begin this episode by talking about four common types of emails that we send as small business owners. Now, obviously, that's not going to cover every single type of email if I'm only talking about four, but these are ones that are very common. And if these are the common types of emails, that's the common types of subject lines that you will be writing. Now, before I go further, If you want to know more about email writing, you decided I want to up my game too. You may want to check out episode 28 of this podcast, How to Improve Email Writing, Five Actions to Take. You may find that extremely helpful. Okay, back to the four types of subject lines. The first one is urgency or sales. And when I mean sales, I mean that the purpose of your email is to sell a product. I don't necessarily mean that it is going on sale. There's a discount. It's a cheaper price. I just mean that the purpose of your email is to sell something. So the first type of subject line that you will find yourself writing is an urgency or sales. So it means exactly what it says. You are telling them that something is about to go away or you're talking about specific products that you want your customers to know are available. A second type of common subject line 
is a deliverable, meaning you purchase from me and I'm delivering. So it could be a confirmation that you have signed up for my email list. Boom. I'm delivering the fact I'm delivering you an email or I'm letting you know that you are on my email list now. Or it could be a shipping confirmation. Anything where you are saying I'm delivering to you what you have asked for, that subject line is a deliverable. A third type of subject line is a newsletter. So this is something that you are writing to your audience to cultivate the know, like, and trust factor. It may, it may come out every week. It may come out once a month. The point is, is that a newsletter is something your audience expects to see on a regular basis. You may be sharing behind the scenes. You may be sharing stories. Of course, you may be talking about products, but it is information that they expect on a particular cycle. And the fourth type of email slash subject line that you will find yourself writing is a nurture sequence or an onboarding sequence. So this is when someone has signed up to learn more information about your coaching services or product subscription box. So you are nurturing them. You are teaching them what it is that you offer over a series of emails. Hence, why it's called a nurture sequence. Same thing for an onboarding sequence. That means that you are bringing them on board to the membership group or the coaching services that you offer. So once again, many of us find ourselves writing four types of subject lines. An urgency slash sales subject line, a deliverables subject line. So you ask for this, I am delivering a newsletter subject line, and a nurture sequence slash onboarding type of email and subject line. Now, the reason that's important, because here towards the end of the episode, I am going to use that framework to share with you some example subject lines. But before I do that, I want to talk about some other things that you need to keep in mind when you're writing your subject lines. And I wanted to do that now before I share the examples with you. Tip one, start your email writing with your subject line, write your email, and then go back and revise your subject line. You have heard me often say, when I sit down to write, and I encourage you to do the same, to write your purpose at the top of your Google Doc or in the email form that you are working on. The subject line is very similar to that. That is your purpose. It is giving you an idea, you the writer, of what you want this email to be. Now, with that said, sometimes as you write that email, things change a little bit. So that's why I suggest at the very end, you go back to revise the subject line. Remember, we do not want the subject line to be your afterthought. It is the gateway to your email. And if people do not see value in that subject line, it doesn't speak to them. Your ideal customer does your ideal customer doesn't care about your email based on your subject line, then no one's going to open it. So my point is your subject line should not be your afterthought. I'm preaching to myself here as well. 
So one of the best things that you can do is to start this practice of writing your subject line first, give your email a purpose, write your email, and then go back and revise your subject line if needed. Tip number two, watch out for using spam trigger words in your subject line. This is something a lot of people don't know about, but there are spam words that mean that means words that your internet service provider, your email provider will catch and they assume that it's spam based off of the word or two that's in your subject line. For example, clearance, cheap, click, chance, those words are those are just four examples of words that can be seen as spam words. And so if those are in your subject line and your customer's email provider picks up those words as spam, then your email doesn't even land in their active email box. It gets kicked to something else, either to the promotions tab or to even worse, really to the spam folder where no one sees it. If you want to know a list of the spam trigger words, I found two good examples for you. First of all, HubSpot offers one, and it's one of the most famous. It's one that's talked about a lot by copywriters. So go to HubSpot, and the title is called The Ultimate List of Email Spam Trigger Words. The Ultimate List of Email Spam Trigger Words. I will link to it in the show notes here. But one I like even better because it's in alphabetical order. So it helps you find the words that you're thinking about using a little faster. And you can cross-reference and go, oh, I thought I was going to use that word, but now I'm looking at this list. I don't think I will. It is by, it's on the website prospect.io. And the title is 455 Spam Trigger Words to Avoid in 2019. Both of these that I'm talking about are a little bit dated. The HubSpot originated years and years and years ago. It looks like it was updated in the last couple of years. I will say that the prospect.io article is newer. It was last updated in May of 2019. So once again, it's called 455 Spam Trigger Words to Avoid in 2019. Now let me say this as well. It is smart to cross-reference your subject lines and really it gets even deeper. It can be your entire email. If you use spam words over and over and over again in your entire email, it could also be kicked to spam. But I don't want to talk about that right now. I just want to talk only about your subject lines because this is something that's very doable for all of us. We can think about these spam trigger words in our subject lines. The thing is, is you can use some of these words and your emails may go through perfectly fine for a large chunk of your customers. But for other customers, their email provider may flag it as spam. So what I'm trying to tell you is do not get paralysis analysis where you are so concerned about using the wrong word in your subject line that you just don't write the dang email. As with anything in marketing and sales, this is experimentation. The thing that you can do 
is if you think that you used a word that may have triggered spam, look at your look at your open rates. If your open rates are significantly lower than they have been in the past, then look at your subject line. Did you use some words like free, credit, extra cash, <laughs> things like that? Sometimes it really is the words that we used that may have made our open rates lower. And then sometimes it's not. We know as business owners and as humans that lots of things go into play with the emails that we open, the time of day that they're sent, what else we have going on in our lives, what's going on around us in our community and in our nation. So my point is, please write the emails. Please be aware of the words that you're using in your subject line. Use HubSpot and Prospect.io's list to help you. But at the same time, know that open rates are going to fluctuate. Write the emails anyway. Okay, tip number three. Emojis are good. Emojis are good. Now, there, of course, is a little trick or two. Please use the emojis at the beginning of your subject line or at the end. Do not mix the emojis in the middle. And that's because sometimes email providers do not read the emojis. So you do not want to have the emoji as a significant part of your subject line. You want it at the beginning or at the end so that the subject line still reads very clearly. It just just doesn't have the emoji looking like we wanted it to. You do not want your emoji to be actual content to your subject line. And that's the way that you can use them uh, freely and happily. And in fact, they do garner more attention. I often write subject lines with emojis because they do garner more attention. But always at the beginning of the subject line or at the end, it should not be an actual part of the content. It should just add to the content. And while I'm talking about emojis, the the things that are not emojis, for example, if you want to cuss, but you don't actually want to write the word, this is the most common example that I see. So you might put like the letter H and then you put a question mark and a hashtag and then an exclamation point. Those are no-nos in subject lines because they do trigger this as a spam email. Do not use those in your subject lines because, once again, it makes the email provider think this is spam. Emojis, yes. Nonsensical um, symbols, no. Tip number four, assume that everyone is reading your email on a mobile. So as you're writing inside of MailChimp or Constant Contact or Flowdesk, always check what your email and subject line looks like on a mobile phone. So important, just assume that it is going to be read on mobile because if you can make it look good on mobile, then it will look great on a desktop. That is not always the opposite though. If it looks great on a desktop or a laptop, it may not look good on a mobile. Tip number five. I love this one. Put your subject lines into sendcheckit.com. 
Let me say that one more time. Sendcheckit.com. This is a fun, free site where you write in your subject line, press test, and then it literally tests your email and it looks at words. For example, it really does look, did you use the word free? But it goes through and it rates your readability. Remember, you do not want to be writing something at a college level. That is not scannable. And that's not how we think when we open our inbox. We do not want medical terms and to know the chemicals that make up the products that you use. We don't want that. We want to be able to just scan quickly and get to the point. So sendcheckit.com is a fantastic free option that allows you to test your subject lines. And it seriously has about 15 different categories that it, that it analyzes your subject line for. Tip number six, speak to what you know is important to your ideal customer. You know how I feel about knowing your ideal customer. In your subject line, you should be cognizant of what is going on in their lives too. Remember, writing an email is like writing a letter to a real person. And when we really get in in that mindset that this is letter writing, then we are able to write subject lines and emails that are personal, that speak to our ideal customer. Okay, tip number seven and it's not really a tip, it's just something I want you to think about, is personalized emails. And when I say personalized, it's different than what I was just talking about. I mean where you insert your customer's name. Most marketers are going to tell you that's an excellent idea. So you've all gotten those emails that say, savings inside, Rachel. Or as you're reading the email, or at the beginning of the email, as you after you open it, it will say Rachel and it goes on to talk about whatever the email is about. I actually feel differently than most marketers do about this. I know what the trends say. Your name inside an email or in a subject line boosts open rates. However, and it really just be, it could be because I know what's going on behind the scenes, but you do too as a small business owner because you have access to email service providers. It does not feel very personal to be, very personal, very personal to me. I'll get it out at some point when I see those because I know that's just a part of an email service provider. I know that the name that I entered when I gave them my email address is then just inserted into that template that they wrote. So I actually do not like when I see the personal when I see my name inside an email. It. I just know what went on behind the scenes and that these gurus didn't literally sit down and write an email to me. (laughs) So that's my personal take on that. You can take it or leave it. It's a free podcast. So there you go. The advice is free and may not be worth a whole lot to you. If though you do find that your ideal client enjoys seeing his or her name in the subject line or in the email itself, then go for it. Go for it. I may just be jaded because of what I do. Okay, tip number eight. When in doubt, get to the point. 
I think the reason that a lot of us get hung up on the subject line is because we know it's important. We know that it is the gateway to our email. So therefore, we spend a lot of time thinking about it and we try for it to be so crafty and creative. When in doubt, get to the point. Remember, we want people to open our emails, not just this email, but all of our emails to come, or at least a high percentage. We know they're not going to open every single email. So if we get too crafty and too creative or we make it very clickable, they open and they're really excited about what's inside and then we don't deliver on that, then we are not setting ourselves up for a strong email open rate for the lifetime of our business. And that's our ultimate goal is for someone to know, like, and trust us and email is one way to do that. So we do not want to be gimmicky just to have a high open rate on one particular email because then we know it's going to hurt us in the end. So when in doubt, forget crafty, forget creative, forget mysterious, get to the point. If you need to tell them about bracelets that are that are going on sale, tell them, put that in the subject line. If you need for them to know that their package has just been shipped, tell them in the subject line. In the end, being straightforward and to the point and people knowing what to expect by opening your email will serve you better than a gimmicky subject line or one that's so mysterious that no one really knows what you're talking about, so they're not going to open it either. Get to the point. (laughs) That's what I want to say about that. Now that I've shared a couple of tips with you about writing subject lines, let's go back to the beginning of the episode when I gave a framework for four common types of emails and subject lines that we write. I have written several. I'm going to share these as examples for you. And I want you to know that I did put each one of these in sendcheckit.com, send, S-E-N-D, sendcheckit.com and each one of these scored at least a B in that software, in that program. So here it goes. Remember, one of the first types of emails that we write as a business owner is a sale or an urgency email. So we're trying to let our customers know that we've got this product for sale or we've got this service or that we have an important date coming up and we want them to know about it. So urgency or sales. Here's a couple of examples. One of them might be, join us Monday for open house. Straight to the point, join us Monday for open house. Another one could be one day left. And in hyphens, I'm sorry, not in hyphens, in brackets, last call. Let me say that one one more time since I messed up. One day left and in brackets, last call. That's a very simple email, but it is letting them know the urgency of whatever it is that you are selling in that email. And then a third one, scarves galore. So I'm pretending here that I have a scarf business and I am sending a sale email about all of the beautiful scarves that I have that are holiday related. And I want want my customers to know. So I might put a subject line, scarves galore. Very simple but letting them know that if you click in here, you are going to see a bunch of scarves. So those are three examples for a sale slash urgency email. 
A second type of email that many of us commonly write is a deliverable email. So here we're saying you've ordered from us or you've purchased from us. Here you go. We're delivering it. And the first example, your download is inside. A second, your package just shipped. And then a third, pretty scarf headed your way. And of course, I would encourage you to put an emoji at the beginning or at the end of either one of, of, I'm sorry, of any of those subject lines. Think about it. When you are delivering something to someone who, who they've ordered from you, they have entrusted you with their hard-earned money and you are delivering that good, or maybe it's a free download, so they've entrusted you with their very valuable email address. I would encourage you to show some enthusiasm in that subject line and in that email. Remember, an email is a letter to your customer. It's a letter to your customer. So that one that said, your package just shipped, believe me, at the beginning or the end of that subject line, throw on one of those emoji emojis that looks really happy or the one that has the hat on and um, is blowing the little, you know, party horn. Sorry, I can't remember the name of it right now. But that shows an excitement and it shows that you appreciate them entrusting you with their email address or with their money. A third type of email that many of us write is a newsletter. Some form of communication that comes on a pretty regular basis and it's a mixture of stuff. It may have behind the scenes. It may have things that are coming up in the next week or month. It may have some products in there. So a newsletter is a variety of information but that comes at a fairly regular interval. Here's an example. November newsletter plus, so I mean the sign plus, pumpkin smashing. Let me say that one one more time. November newsletter plus pumpkin smashing. So with that subject line, I let my reader know right away, this is a newsletter. You know, you expect one every month. Here you go. And, but I went on and added just a little bit more of intrigue, pumpkin smashing. So they may think in the back of their head, like what's going on with this pumpkin smashing? And it may cause them to open. A second one, new things and kitchen explosion. New things and kitchen explosion. So the new things is referencing the fact that this is a newsletter. I've got things that are upcoming that I want you to know as a customer. Here you go. Here are the new things that you need to go, need to know. With the word and, kitchen explosion. Right there, I'm trying to add a little bit of intrigue, letting them know that if you click to read about these new things, you're also going to read about in a, ki- a kitchen explosion. And a third one, about wine and diapers, brackets, October newsletter. Let me say that one one more time. Wine and diapers, in brackets, October newsletter. That time I switched. I did not say the October newsletter at the beginning or the the month of the newsletter at the beginning. I actually put it in brackets at the end, but I tried to speak to my ideal customer or whoever the writer, whoever this writer's ideal customer is. Wine and diapers, I'm just guessing that this is a business that serves women and that these women probably are dealing with 
children and maybe even young children. So right there, I am trying to garner their attention in the subject line and have them open, cause them to want to open that October newsletter. I'm speaking to my ideal customer there, what she probably feels on a daily basis that she needs some wine to deal with all those diapers. But I'm speaking to my ideal customer in a very personal way. And I'm also being upfront with her that when she opens that, this is an October newsletter. And the last type of email that I'm going to talk about today is a nurture sequence or an onboarding sequence. These to me are fun. They're a little bit different, but you definitely want to be leading someone to the next step. Most people recognize nurture sequences now. Don't pretend as if you're not going to follow up with another email and then another email. And so your subject lines need your subject line needs to show them that you are taking them through this phase. So here's an example. How you'll know if blank is for you. So I, for example, inside of Sin Check It, I use the word Starbucks. How will you know if Starbucks is for you? Obviously, you as a business owner are going to plug in your service or your product there. You can tell in that nurture sequence, I am about to teach somebody if they open this email, I'm going to teach them who this service or this product is for. And you can tell that based on the subject line. How will you know if blank is for you? Another example of a subject line for this type, what to do now that you know. What to do now that you know. This could be an example of maybe you have sent several emails already and you are t taking them through your process of how you teach them to do this or how you make your product. Now that they know this, that you have taught them, what are the next steps? That's what that subject line is about, the next steps. What do you know, I'm sorry, what do you do now that you know? Another one that you could literally write, take that same question, what to do now that you know, hyphen, next step. They're not going to wonder what this email is about. Oh, it's about the next step. All these other emails that I've read, up oh, next step. And then the final example, while why locally sourced matters. Why locally sourced matters. I'm sure you can see how that would be a nurturing email for someone who creates and it's very important for them that they use things that are local, that come within, come from within their county or their surrounding counties or within their state. I could see how someone who is a creator has sent several emails about their process and why it's important to them and how it, how it benefits their customers and then one of the emails in their nurture sequence is why locally sourced matters. So for someone who that is very important for them, that subject line is going to speak to them. Now, obviously, there's a thousand other subject lines that could be written in these examples. And I will tell you a great place to start with subject lines is in your own inbox. Be aware of what subject lines garner your attention. Now, it doesn't mean that they 
that they're always going to garner your customer's attention, but it's a really good place to start. And especially pay attention to the really big gurus, because I'm telling you now, most of them have a copywriter or a series of copywriters that write emails and subject lines for them. They are also probably using several types of software that they have already run those subject lines through and the emails themselves to make sure that it's not going to be kicked out for spam and that it is a readable, scannable subject line and email. So those are great places to start is your own inbox. And even within your own inbox, look at the gurus that you follow, the ones with lots and lots of followers, lots of people on their email list. Now, it doesn't mean that they're doing everything perfect, but if they have a big enough business, they are probably paying a copywriter and they're probably paying for software that's going to help their emails land in your inbox and their copywriters are paying attention to the subject lines and the emails themselves to make sure that they don't get kicked out and thrown into spam or thrown into the promotion tab on Gmail. Okay, I'm coming to the end of this episode on subject lines. I hope it's given you a couple of things to think about. I mentioned earlier the importance of knowing your ideal customer. I cannot close this episode without mentioning the course that I offer, Creating an Ideal Customer Story. When you create that story, you really think about what daily struggles, what daily triumphs your ideal customer faces. And when you know that well, then you craft your messaging with that customer in mind. So many of us skip this step. We as business owners want to get the information out there about our product or service, and yet we do not think about who is actually buying our product and service. So if you are ready to get very clear about the person who is buying your product or service, head to my site, inspiretoengage.com forward slash online course. You will see there, creating an ideal customer story. Sorry, creating an ideal customer story. Right now it's $20 and it takes about two hours of your time. Wow. For in just two hours, you can get really clear about who's buying from you. And then you can speak directly to his or her pain points. It's going to affect all the writing all the talking that you do about your business. Now, if you like this episode at all, please rate or review it. You know the power of ratings or reviews for small businesses. And I want to end this episode by encouraging you to write the dang email. And that means write the subject line. Do not get so concerned about the subject line that you don't get past it. Remember, begin by writing your subject line. Give yourself as a writer the purpose for this email. Write the email and then go back and revise that subject line. If the email changed just a little bit or you had a better idea how to serve your ideal customer, how to make them want to open the door to your email, revise it then. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week. Until next episode, bye.